Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Some Kind of Wonderful from 1987. The studio was Paramount Pictures. The release date was February 27, 1987. The running time, 95 minutes, and it was rated PG-13. I couldn't find the totals for the budget, and the box office took in $18.5 million, making it the 60th ranked movie of 1987. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 76% fresh from 42 reviews. Their critics' consensus is some kind of wonderful is above average 80s teen fare for people who need as much John Hughes in their lives as possible. That's me. Roger Ebert at the time gave it 3 out of 4 stars. Here's his review. Most movies are not about people. Most movies are about things. And in the category of things, I include those movie stars who have become such icons that they, rather than their characters, perform the adventures in movies. Hardly ever do we get in an American movie about adults who are attempting to know themselves better, live better lives, get along more happily with the people around them. Most American movies are about the giving and receiving of violent pain. And that's why I look forward to John Hughes's films about American teenagers. His films are almost always about the problems of growing up and becoming a more complete person. Some Kind of Wonderful, which Hughes wrote and produced, and which Howard Deutsch directed, is a movie like that. It's not a great movie. It progresses slowly at times, and it uses some fairly standard characters. But it is not about whether the hero will get the girl. It is about whether the hero should get the girl, And when was the last time you saw a movie that even knew that could be the question? Here we have all of the ingredients, I suppose, for another standard John Hughes teenager film. 
But Hughes always gives his characters the right to be real, and by the end of Some Kind of Wonderful, I felt a lot of empathy for these kids. I guess I'm making this sound like a film they should show in sociology class. Some Kind of Wonderful is a worthwhile film, all right, but it's also entertaining, especially in the scenes between Eric Stoltz and John Ashton, who plays his father. Ashton wants his kid to go to college, and the kid would rather devote the energy to his artwork. All of the actors in the story are appealing, but my favorite was Mary Stuart Masterson, as the tomboy whose love is totally overlooked by the guy who thinks he knows all about her. She has a lot of tricky scenes in which she has to look one way and feel another way, and she's good at them. Some Kind of Wonderful is yet another film in which Hughes and his team show a special ability to make an entertaining movie about teenagers, which is also about life, about insecurity, about rejection, about learning to grow. I sometimes have the peculiar feeling that the kids in Hughes' movies are more grown up than the adults in most of the other ones. And that's the end of Ebert's review. Now, I didn't see Some Kind of Wonderful in the theater. It was definitely a rental, likely in 1988 or 89, but it quickly became one of my favorites. Now, most people, when talking about John Hughes's films, often mention The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, even National Lampoon's Vacation, but they often forget Some Kind of Wonderful. And I dare say it might be my second favorite John Hughes film, which says a lot. I think Ferris Bueller would be number one, but I just love everything about Some Kind of Wonderful, which I will talk about throughout the episode, obviously. All right, let's get into the main cast. We have Eric Stoltz, who plays Keith. Stoltz seemed to be the actor that missed out on big parts at this point in his career, most famously the original Back to the Future, which he actually shot for over a month before being replaced by Michael J. Fox. He was deemed too quote-unquote serious by director Robert Zemeckis. And frankly, as good of an actor as Stoltz is, Michael J. Fox is Marty McFly without a doubt. That's not to say Stoltz didn't have some wins to his credit. Most famously, his role as Rocky Dennis in the film Mask, which co-starred Cher in 1985. Mary Stuart Masterson plays Watts. Masterson was still early on in her career, though her parents were in the film industry, which ties into Some Kind of Wonderful, and I'll cover that in a bit. She started as a child actor with her film debut in 1975's The Stepford Wives. She focused on school instead of acting, but returned in 1985 for the film Heaven Help Us, and then At Close Range in 1986 with Sean Penn and Christopher Walken. Leah Thompson plays Amanda Jones. Even though Thompson is third build, she arguably had the most success of the three main actors at this point in her career. She appeared in films like Jaws 3, All the Right Moves with Tom Cruise, Red Dawn, Back to the Future, and Space Camp. However, it was the film before Some Kind of Wonderful that directly ties into why she took the role of Amanda Jones. And again, I'll cover that in a bit. The director, Howard Deutsch. Now, Deutsch started his entertainment career at United Artists Records in the advertising department. So he transitioned into directing music videos first with videos like Billy Joel's Keeping the Faith and Billy Idol's Flesh for Fantasy, which were both in 1984. His motion picture debut was Pretty in Pink, which was also written by the great John Hughes. So let's cover the screenwriter, John Hughes. Now, I covered his early career in the Mr. Mom episode. Definitely check that out. That was his second screenplay. He then wrote National Lampoon's Vacation, which will be an upcoming episode. He also then did Sixteen Candles, which he directed, The Breakfast Club, he also directed that, European Vacation he wrote, Weird Science he wrote and directed, Pretty in Pink he wrote, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which he directed, and then all of that was prior to Some Kind of Wonderful. 
All right, let's get into the making of the film. So director Howard Deutsch often says he looks back at his films and always wants to change things about him. However, with Some Kind of Wonderful, it's one of the only films he's completely satisfied with the way it turned out. Now, after the success of directing Pretty in Pink and working with John Hughes, Deutsch was picked to work on Some Kind of Wonderful. Hughes was just a machine when it came to writing scripts, and this came from his background in advertising and writing for magazines. He could just write brilliant, creative material and hit deadlines like it was nothing. However, Deutsch was worried because they were having a difficult time trying to cast the film. Deutsch was on a plane with fellow director Brian De Palma, and Deutsch told him about the casting issues. And De Palma said if that's the case, he really shouldn't do the film because that's a sign of trouble. So Deutsch told Hughes about De Palma's advice, and the next day, Deutsch's office on the Paramount lot was padlocked. <laughs> I guess you're either all in or move along, right? So Deutsch was shocked, but realized that Hughes took this personally because he didn't lightly offer a directing job to just anyone. And of course, he was incredibly close to the scripts he wrote. Now, another director was brought in. That was Martha Coolidge, who had directed Valley Girl and Real Genius. But it wasn't going well with her, and Deutsch made amends with Hughes and was brought back. Hughes had also written a new version of the script for Coolidge, and then the film shifted from a comedy to more of a dramedy. And Deutsch said that part of that shift in tone was due to the casting, originally of Kim Delaney, who was going to play Amanda, and Kyle McLaughlin, who was going to play Hardy, but then they were fired from the movie. When Deutsch returned, he asked Leah Thompson to be in the film, though she initially had passed. However, the weekend Deutsch asked Thompson how the duck was released to theaters, which was a notorious box office bomb, and she called Deutsch and said that she would do some kind of wonderful. Eric Stoltz also hand-delivered the script to Thompson as because they were friends after working on other films together. And if you don't know already, Deutsch and Thompson ended up marrying in 1989 and are still together today. John Hughes was thrilled with Thompson's audition tape and knew she was the perfect person for the Amanda Jones role. Now, Mary Stuart Masterson worked tirelessly to learn how to play the drums for her role as Watts because it was vital to her character. Hughes knew Masterson's mother, Carlene Glynn, from Sixteen Candles. Glenn played Molly Ringwald's mom in that film. Glenn recommended Mary to Hughes, and she was one of the first actors cast for Some Kind of Wonderful. Deutsch also loved the look that Masterson had at the time because she embodied the Watts character. While Deutsch and Eric Stoltz respected each other's talents, they butted heads often during filming. Stoltz wasn't thrilled with the plethora of takes that Deutsch would do for scenes, and this would lead to some tension on set. Stoltz also wasn't happy that he had to cut his shoulder-length hair, along with dyeing his natural red hair to brown. However, Thompson and Masterson were sort of the peacemakers on set, and the go-between, as they both got along with Deutsch and Stoltz. Deutsch admitted he was still new to directing at the time, and didn't know how to necessarily talk to a method actor like Eric Stoltz at the time. However, through all of this, it didn't affect the final outcome, and maybe it helped with the tension between Keith and his father character. Maddie Corman, who plays Keith's sister, Laura, had auditioned in an early version of the film but never heard back. Maddie's parents had gone on a date night to watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off in the theater and during the previews saw a coming attraction which had the Watts character playing drums. Sadly, the next day, Maddie's mom had a stroke and was diagnosed with cancer. During this tragedy and visiting her mother in the hospital, Maddie then received another audition as the film was going through new casting. She told her mom that she got the part, even though she hadn't yet, and a week later, her mom died. A few weeks later, Maddie was officially told she got the part as Laura. 
Elias Kateas, who played the awesome character Duncan, was so in tune with the role and was so loved by Deutsch and Hughes, he would often get a free pass when delivering his lines, meaning he would often not go by exactly what was on the page. This was not normal for a John Hughes script because Hughes put so much thought into his dialogue. However, Kateas just had something about him that worked for the role. One of the great things about Pretty in Pink and Some Kind of Wonderful is the sort of everyday life that teenagers and frankly adults deal with, and a lot of it is peer pressure. Sort of where do I fit in and where do I belong? And now these two films are kind of like sibling films due to the similar class structure being dealt with. You have the upper class versus the middle working class and what the working class has to deal with sometimes at school and how ridiculous the whole notion of being friends with someone only because you have the same background. Hughes was always brilliant into digging into these types of issues, and obviously it resonated with audiences across the country. The character Hughes most identified with was Keith. Hughes wanted to be an artist when he was in high school and he was, it consumed him, but it wasn't considered cool. He just didn't care what other people thought of him. Deutsch loves some kind of wonderful from the start, because you really don't know who the Keith character was going to end up with. And especially after Pretty in Pink, audiences really didn't know how things would end up either. Alright, let's get into the film. So it begins with the opening credits, which is a nice little montage of the main characters of the story. First is Watts, Mary Stuart Masterson. She's playing drums, which is one of the few things she loves in life. The other, you will find out soon. We then see Keith, Eric Stoltz, walking by himself on the train tracks and then at his job at a service station working on cars. We then see Amanda Jones, Leah Thompson, and her boyfriend Hardy making out in her room. After work, Keith passes by Amanda's house and sees her kissing Hardy goodbye. Hardy then gets into his sports car and drives away. Keith looks at his hands full of grease and wishes he was rich like Hardy. In this quick montage, we essentially get the basic plot of the story without any dialogue being spoken. Now, Keith has a major crush on Amanda, but she has no idea he even exists. And as we come to find out, Keith really doesn't know much about Amanda anyway. It's only superficial because she's so attractive. Keith arrives home where he lives with his parents and his two younger sisters. The youngest is Cindy, played by Candace Cameron in her film debut. And she's playing with her garbage pail kids trading cards. Kids of the 80s will remember these. Keith's dad, Cliff, played by John Ashton, has only one focus in his life, and that's to make sure Keith goes to college. And this will be a constant battle between the two throughout the film. Good, he's dead. It's Summer Keith. Hi, Glee. Hi, honey. How's work? All right. Keith, you still haven't told me when you're going to cut your hair. I got to cut, Mom. Mom, you're flopping your lips in vain. Keith vacated. Hey! Keith, is that you? Yep. Hey, pal. Been checking out some colleges. Dad, you going to college? It's great. If I'd have gone to college, I wouldn't be selling tires six days a week. That's what you're going to be doing if you don't get with the program. Now, come here. Take a look at a couple of these. A bunch of new ones came in the mail today. Co-ed, phys ed. <laughs> Can I do this later? Jesus, Keith's not. I'm not trying to break your back here, pal. I know. just want you to get off the dime and think about your future. You got a shot to be the first guy in this family who didn't have to wash his hands after a day's work. Keith goes up to his room where he finds his other sister, Laura, played by Maddie Corman, looking through his collection of albums. Yes, vinyl albums. 
The Laura character was always one of my favorite of many in this film. She's a typical obnoxious teenager, but she has a great wit and a sense of humor throughout. For me, Corman steals the show in many of these scenes she's in. Look at it. You see what he did to me? Get your head out of the light. There. Ow. Sweetheart, really I can't hurts. say that I see anything. I'm sure it hurts. Well, Mom, then you need some glasses. <laughs> at this point, if I wanted to lie out, I could not wear a bathing suit. You know, exposing your skin to sunlight will make you old before your time. And eventually you'll look like an albino raisin. Thank you, Cindy. It's my pleasure. I have practically no feeling left in the upper part of my arm. Drop it! You know, that suggests the circulatory problem. See, I put more fiber into my diet and spend less time on the phone. Shut up, please. It's my pleasure. I wish just once you guys could experience the humiliation of having the weirdest guy in a huge school be a blood relative. After a hilarious bickering family dinner, the next morning it's off to high school where Keith and his best friend Watts arrive. Today. <laughs> Are you aware of how close that was? Come on, Mr. Sunshine. There. Skill beyond skill. Technique. Imagine what I can do when I get my driver's license back. Hey, what? Where? Where? Don't you have any books? Oh. No, not on me. I forgot them. You never study. You must be getting heat from the old man of ecology again. That's all he thinks about. Yeah, well, in comparative terms, it's probably better to have an old man nagging you about your future than no old man not nagging you about nothing. He's not too great at home, huh? Hey, it don't matter as long as you stand by me. I'm covered. What would I be without you? Well, seeing as I drive you to school every morning, you'd probably be at home asleep in bed. Very much so. I think it's hip you paint. It's hip I drum. Hip. It's perfect that we're friends. You know, I'm beginning to think. Oh. Pardon moi. Pardon moi. Pardon moi. Merci. That's original. How long have you been calling that one? No, wait, 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 wait. wait. How long have you been a lesbian? Excuse me? Well, I think, I think that you have a little bit too much up front to be a guy. So you must be a lesbian. I beg your pardon? You know, I think you got a little bit too much breastage here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Faggot, oh, come on. Oh, that's yeah. enough. That's enough. Leave him alone. Break it up. Break it up. That's come enough. On, man. Animal. Clear out. <laughs> Wimp. Oh, sweetheart. See, wait a minute, okay? They jumped me. Why don't you nail them? I didn't do anything. Those aren't mine. Oh, man. That's just for show. I don't... Like those were a gift from, from your wife. You just got detention, mister. For what? For what? 
Come on. We'll talk about it in detention hall. Uh, another great character into that clip is Duncan, which, of course, is Elias Coteus. And he's getting busted for having a pack of cigarettes and a tiny bottle of alcohol and then a pack of playing cards with nude women on them. In the meantime, Keith sits in the library sketching a picture of Amanda while she hangs out with Hardy. However, she notices Keith staring at her, which pisses off Hardy, though he doesn't say anything. Well, yet. After leaving the library, Watts finds Keith in the halls to tell him some horrific news. His dad is at the school. (laughs) Cliff is meeting with the school counselor about Keith's college future. Cliff doesn't want Keith to go to an art school. He wants Keith to go to a business school. However, the funniest part is when Cliff leaves and notices Laura in one of her classes. And Laura has a rational reaction for a teenager. Hi, honey. While Laura has to deal with the emotional scars of seeing her dad at school, Amanda also has her own troubles as she catches Hardy getting cozy with another girl, who was actually played by China Phillips of Wilson Felix fame and was the daughter of Michelle and John from the Mamas and the Papas. While Hardy gives this little spiel, Keith is watching the whole thing from a classroom where he was painting. So Keith longs for Amanda, but that night we get some insight about what Watts loves as much as her drumming, though Keith, of course, doesn't even realize it. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. No, that belongs to the slumlord that owns this place. Pride and joy. It's pretty sick. How does it feel to stand under a real Mercedes Benz? About the same as standing underneath a Ford. Why, you get off on it? Can I ask you a question? You know a girl named Amanda Jones? Uh, in school? What about her? What do you think of? Rat bait. Why? Just curious. What about? Her, who she is. Because she's beautiful, right? Guys are so sickening. Really, it must be a drag to be a slave to the male sex drive. I didn't say anything about sex. Oh, want to start a book club with her? I didn't say that I wanted to do anything with her. I just think she's interesting. Don't go mistaking paradise for a pair of long legs. What's that mean? Don't go roaming where you don't belong. It's just an opinion. I express an interest in someone that I don't even know, and you're getting tense. This is not tension. This is reason. The way this girl and her big money, cruel heart society spit on everyone is not interesting. It's pathetic. (laughs) She's not big money. Do you know where she lives? Yeah, in our sector. But she runs with the rich and the beautiful, which is guilt by association. So, this is getting stale. You calling out for food? No. You can call if you want. Don't you read at home? I... I don't like to eat alone. Amanda Jones. (laughs) Forget about it. It's nothing. It's not important. You couldn't score her in a million years. A, you're too shy and closed up to even approach her. And B, she'd kill you. Chicks like her have one thing on their mind and you don't make enough of it to matter to her. I can't touch a book by its cover. Yeah, but you can tell how much it's gonna cost. Well, that's deep. You want shallow, call Amanda Jones. 
And speak of the devil, guess who pulls up to the service station? Hardy and Amanda. Speak of the cheetah. Did you fill it up? Super unleaded. Check the oil. Can you turn off your engine, please? My pleasure. Hey, be nice or I'll make you check the tires. So this is what you do for a living, huh? I'm sorry, my hand slipped. I... To cut it out. Why don't you mind your own business? So you like looking at my girlfriend, huh? Shut up, Hardy. What? He likes looking at you. Sorry. <laughs> I'd recommend you keep your eyes and your mind off my property. Ten for the gas and ten for the look. So in one day, Amanda got a nice glimpse at the type of person Hardy is, which is a rich, arrogant prick. The type of guy that joins fraternities and ends up on Wall Street. That is, until they're arrested for tax evasion years later, but I digress. Keith does get a small victory as he dumped the dipstick from Hardy's sports car into the trash can after he drove off. Craig Sheffer, who plays Hardy, is so good in this role because you truly hate him. He is just the epitome of that person that you despise because he thinks he's justified in his behavior. He's entitled to be the way he is. And again, as I like to point out, if the villain isn't really despicable, the hero can't shine. The next day, Amanda gets dropped off late for gym class by Hardy, but gets caught by her teacher. And the charm that normally works on the male teachers doesn't work on the female gym teacher. Keith sees Amanda get detention and decides what better way to get to know Amanda better than to be stuck in a room for a few hours before school with her. Brilliant plan, that is until it isn't. I'd say excusing yourself from class and leaving the school grounds with the boy with the hot car buys you two weeks of morning detention. Uh. Well, we were just talking. <laughs> if all you'd wanted was talk, you could have gotten that without leaving school. What are you saying, Mrs. Albright? Nothing that hasn't been said before, Miss Jones. Now get inside. Get it's inside. Not fair. Read my lips. Go.
attention? Actually, it's your mother's house. And we're all having a party. You know, you really shouldn't cut classes, Amanda, even if it's just gym class. Yep, Amanda sweet-talked the detention teacher into letting her off with a warning. Well, Keith is stuck with Duncan and his gang in detention after the false fire alarm. It's also funny that Keith seems to magically be wherever Amanda is at school. It's best not to overthink movie plots at times. Now, most of the extras in the film that play the detention kids weren't thugs at all. They were football players from the various high schools in the area. They were chosen mostly because they could tower over the actors and actresses and look menacing. In the meantime, Keith is too blind to see that it's Watts that really loves him and would always be there for him, not the superficial Amanda Jones. Amanda Jones doesn't know you, doesn't care about you. You're trying to jerk off the impossible. How many times do I have to listen to myself tell you this? I don't know. How many times? Do you know what kind of a guy Hardy is? I'm handsome, rich, muscular, popular, hot, happening, and capable of reducing your head to a crimson stain on the wall. Hardy's a jerk. He, he screws around on her. He treats her like dirt. He has no respect for her. He's and just... obviously she gets off on it. You're losing it. And when it's lost, all you are is a loser. Well, you obviously have no idea how I feel, so why don't you just butt out of this, please? I know how you feel. Oh, you do? Really? You've been in love before. There's a lot of things you don't know about me. Really? Who have you ever been in love with? Huh? You want to abuse yourself, be my guest. Hey. What? Nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? Keith, once a fool, always a fool, right? Back at detention, Keith, though misguided with whom he falls in love with, does have a knack for making friends and ends up having a bond with Duncan in detention. In a hilarious scene where nobody says a word, Keith and Duncan compare their artwork. Keith's traditional sketches in a sketchbook and Duncan's knife carving that he made on his desk as he rips it from the bolts attached to the desk. It's a great scene. While Keith bonds with Duncan, it's a different story for Watts and the other girls, who is a tomboy in the way she dresses. Now, Watts is very pretty. She has a nice pixie haircut, but she doesn't dress like the other girls at school, and this becomes evident when changing in the locker room. Now, on the surface, you think Watts doesn't really care what other people think of her. But you can also tell in this scene that part of her wishes that Keith would just look at her like he looks at Amanda. That night, Keith happens to be where Amanda is again. (laughs) I know, don't overthink it. And he gets to witness Hardy playing around with the other girl. This time, Amanda is with her friend, Shane, played by Molly Hagan, and she gets to witness Hardy in all his glory. Amanda's finally had enough of Hardy's antics and threatens to break up with him. Hardy, arrogant as ever, basically tells Amanda her popularity will go in the toilet if she does that. At this point, Keith sort of saves the day and calls over to Amanda to talk with her, and he actually asks her out. Amanda agrees, but really only superficially, to piss off Hardy. Keith, of course, doesn't realize this, and frankly probably wouldn't care at this point because he's too jubilant to care about anything at this moment. But the heartbreaking part of this scene isn't that Amanda isn't really serious about her date with Keith, but that Watts is sitting on top of the car watching the person she loves, which is Keith, not notice her. But instead, he's chasing the dream of someone who really doesn't even care about him. But Keith is on cloud nine and can't stop smiling at breakfast. And his sister Laura hilariously tries to pull Keith back to reality. This is not true. 
It can't be. This has got to be, like, the most hilarious rumor ever floated, right? What are you talking about? Okay. I'm in town last night. I hear everybody talking about how Keith has asked this girl out. No way. <laughs> Check it out. This girl is popular. She's beautiful. And obviously in the middle of some emotional shootout to consent to date the human tater tot. What did you do to her, Keith? Threaten her life? I just asked her out. Well, her boyfriend's a man, for Christ's sake. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, he's extensively easy on the eyes. He's a total buck, and you're... You're... Keith. Is she nice? Mother, the girl is sex. God's sakes, I'm eating! Glad you got time to think about the girls. Between the girls in your Arctic, you don't have time to think about anything important. You're dead and buried before you get off your butt and apply to a college. Ease up, Dad. Any fool could get into a college. Only a precious few may say the same about Amanda Jones. Am I wrong? <laughs> the human tater tot. Word spreads quickly throughout school, as Keith is now being hailed as some sort of hero for the average guys who were able to achieve some sort of popularity greatness. Even Keith's new buddy Duncan is impressed. And while we're on the topic of the double-breasted party machine, congratulations on your latest coup. Yeah. You know about Amanda Jones. You think I live here? I have a personal life too, man. How did you manage to swing that one? I don't know, Duncan. You know, I, I asked her out. Uh, she said yes. Word. <laughs> Anytime somebody from the outside lifts a woman from a guat like Jen's, man, we could all find cause to rejoice. I'm proud of you, man. A guat. A guat, man. Punch your apron one time for me, huh? However, one person definitely is not impressed, and that's Watts. So she thinks the best way to get Keith to come to his senses is try to make him jealous, which hilariously backfires. Do you want me to kiss you or feel you up or anything? You want to die young? Well, what kind of question is that? Just sit here and shut up. You don't have a boyfriend, do you? No. See, a lot of guys I know think that you're... What? Confused. Oh. See, but I know it's just an act. Do you know how I know? Enlighten me. Because you radiate this sexual vibe. And if you wanted to, you could be a girl like that. Ray, this is 1987. Did you know that a girl can be whatever she wants to be? I know. My mom's a plumber. That explains a lot about you, Ray. And I have an enormous amount of respect for her. Just sit here and act like you like me. Okay. That'll be absolutely no problem. Hello? Keith, hi. What's up? Listen, are, are you busy now? Oh, no, we were just talking. Why? Because I'd like to borrow your car if I could. If you, if you need, if you have something to do, I could come back around and, and pick you up in about an hour or so. But can I borrow your car? Well, where are you going? Uh, I'd like to give Amanda a ride home. Hey, by the way, congratulations, dude, man. She's smoking, huh? Perfect. Ten fools. Is that okay? Appreciate a couple bucks for gas. <laughs> well, sure. Is, um, I'll come back in about an hour? It's just time, not like it means anything. Thanks. So you gotta wait around an hour? If I want to. Do you know how much damage we could do to each other in an hour? It's kind of a revolting thought, actually. Really? 
was revolting me. Oh my god. So Get your hands off me, man. <laughs> Watts is the best. Anyway, Keith approaches Amanda and Shane and offers Amanda a ride home. Shane sort of agrees for Amanda because Shane thinks it's a perfect opportunity for Amanda to back out of the date. Of course, Watts' car won't start and Keith's out of luck. Amanda flags down Shane for a ride and politely asks Keith to join. Shane sets up the conversation during the ride home for Amanda to back out of the date with Keith. But Amanda just can't do it. As she later puts it, she can't in cold blood. So even though Amanda's a tad superficial, she likes her popularity, she isn't horrible like Hardy and Shane. Hi guys, did you come by to see my brother? Oh my god. Um, what? No, I mean, we just dropped him home. And he told you we live here. <laughs> he is so modest, he kills me. I, I suppose he didn't mention anything about our ancestral estate in Scotland or our apartment in Paris. So modest. The next day at school, Hardy confronts Keith in an empty classroom where Keith paints. Hardy gives Keith a story that he was looking for a way out to dump Amanda, so he should be grateful to Keith. And to show his appreciation, he's going to invite Keith to his big party on Saturday night. And Keith should bring along Amanda to show what a good sport Hardy is about all of this. Keith, of course, is leery about Hardy's motives, but agrees. That night, Keith sees Watts at a club and they catch up on things. Since when do your parents let you go clubbing on school nights? I'm waiting for Amanda. Here? She's coming here? On a school night? Did I miss something? Is there a new world order? Look, if you're gonna bug me and make me feel bad, can you do it later, please? She said she'd meet you here? Not in those words. In any words? Maybe she didn't have ID. Who doesn't have ID? Maybe she doesn't like you as much as you think. Maybe. Do you miss me, Keith? Do you miss not being around me? This isn't the third grade anymore. She doesn't love you. It's a joke. It's all a joke. How do you know? I'd bet my hands on it. You don't want to make that bet. Yeah, I do. I've been thinking a lot lately about you and me. And I came to a conclusion that I didn't want to deal with. But now that we talked, I can't hide it anymore. I think we'd get along much better if we didn't spend so much time together anymore. Why? Because I'm driving you crazy. And you're driving me crazy. And I'd rather not see you and have you think good things about me than have you see me and hate me. Because I can't afford to have you hate me, Keith. The only things I care about in this goddamn life are me and my drums and you. Adios. Wait, Watts. Watts.
Now you would think after that heartfelt talk from Watts that Keith would finally get a clue about how Watts feels about him. But no, guys are idiots, especially teenage guys. And let's face it, it makes for better tension in the film. Hardy the next day decides to confront Amanda in the girls' locker room to get her back. Amanda holds strong and throws the ring he gave to her back at him, while the gym teacher kicks him out. Amanda also knows that Hardy is just inviting Keith to his party to ambush Keith and beat him up. And Laura also overhears this plan when she's at the mall with her friends. Laura races home and tells Keith what Hardy's plan is, along with the fact that Amanda doesn't really like him. The whole thing is a joke to humiliate Keith. Laura, for the first time, actually feels bad for Keith and is trying to keep him from being hurt. Keith, unsure what to do, decides to visit Watts. She is still his best friend, after all. Getting really good. Thanks, I'm working on it. Your brothers don't mind your playing this life? I don't know, I never asked. To what do I owe this honor? I got, I got a little problem. You know how you told me the thing with Amanda was a joke? Yeah. Well, it is a joke. You mean a, a joke as in a joke on you? Yep. Laura heard Hardy talking about it. And Amanda's supposed to get me over to Hardy's house and they're gonna pound me. It's a good thing you found out about it. But I'm not afraid of him. You're gonna go through with this? I have to. You think it's just Hardy? No, look, if he's gonna get me, he's gonna get me. It doesn't have to be at this party. He's gonna have lots of chances. I'm not gonna hide from him. Leave it alone. I can't. Why? Because I want to stand up to him. Well, forget it. It's impossible. Another year, you're gone. It's better to swallow pride than blood. You don't think that? I don't believe for a second you think that. I'm not giving in to them anymore. Not for another year, not for another minute. I get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I was so tough on you. Me too. You always hurt the ones you love. I'm so wondering you're beating the shit out of Amanda Jones. <laughs> Now that's a great line from Watts. The next day, Keith decides he needs to go through with a date with Amanda as he discussed with Watts the night prior. Amanda! Amanda! Oh, sorry. What time do you want me to pick you up Saturday? What, oh. you have to check with your friends see when you can go out? No, I just, uh... It's a simple question. When? Well, pick me up anytime you want to. 7 3rd? That's a problem, then, then call me. Um, oh, I hate Mexico. Hi. I'd much rather go to the Virgin Islands. I think we're going to Aspen over Christmas. I said hi. Oh, Aspen's okay, but there's really nothing much to do, you know, at night. What is this, you guys? What? Are... Yeah, it's mostly private parties. I had a really good time there last spring. 
Shane. Oh, spring, it's a completely different feeling. I mean, there's so many more college people. True. But what's in the Virgin Islands? What, are you kidding me? There are a million guys. <laughs> so this is it, right? I'd go anywhere if I could bag the family and be on my own. Thanks. Well, I had my parents almost talked into letting me go to Ricky's place in Santa Fe for Thanksgiving. She's gone. So the info that Keith received might be a bit skewed. Yes, Hardy wants to jump him at the party, but Amanda basically threw away her own popularity by agreeing to go on a date with Keith. And Shane and her friends are now ignoring her. Keith isn't the only victim here. This is a complicated, non-cookie-cutter story, and it's why Some Kind of Wonderful is one of the best teen movies ever made, in my opinion. However, one thing about the movie that drives me crazy, even as a kid, is that Keith decides to blow his life savings on a pair of earrings for Amanda. I mean, if he doesn't want to spend it on college, that's fine, but shit, man, buy a car, save it for a house. I know, I know, it's just a movie. After making the ridiculous purchase, there's still one thing that Keith needs to figure out, and that's the perfect kiss. And Watts graciously agrees to practice with Keith in a very memorable scene. Those are them. No. Those? Yeah, those. Solid choice. That's the ticket. I think we pretty much covered everything. All the arrangements have been made. Yep. You know what you're going to say? Whatever comes to mind. Uh-huh. You want to plan it out a little? That'll sound false. I want to be true to my instincts. Don't think I'm being weird, but what if... What if she wants you to kiss her? Well, then I guess I'm just going to have to kiss her. Amanda Jones is no minor leaguer who will be swept off her feet at the touch of your amateur lips. Thanks. This babe has plenty of battle scars. I think I can handle it. Great. Well, I just think maybe you should consider whether or not you feel you can deliver a kiss that kills. What, you think I can't? If you say you can, you probably can. Well, no, I'm, I'm no expert. It's cool. I was just going to work on it with you, but if, if you're comfortable... Great. Wait, 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 wait. How, how do you work on it? Pretend I'm a girl, okay? I mean, pretend I'm her, Amanda. I know it's a big stretch, but try it. Come here. I didn't mean to scare you. What do you do with your hands? Well, it depends. No, it doesn't depend. They go on her hips. Okay. Do it. Look into my eyes. <laughs> Come on, I don't have to do this. I know, know, I'm sorry. Just grow up a little. She'll probably do this. How do you know? I watch a lot of TV. Close your eyes.
So finally, Keith sees Watts as something more than a friend. At least, we hope after a great kiss like that. But we all feel for Watts because we all just want to smack Keith for not figuring it out. So the kiss that kills scene was not in the original script. During the filming, Hughes just felt there needed to be a big moment, like an aha moment for Keith. And obviously Hughes was spot on because it's one of the most memorable scenes in the film. Next, we get a great 80s montage of Keith, Amanda, and Watts getting ready for the big date, while the Rolling Stones song Miss Amanda Jones plays. Watts has agreed to chauffeur for Keith and Amanda. We also see Hardy getting ready, along with Duncan and his crew, who have something up their sleeves for the big date. Now, Keith's all set, but then he gets an unexpected talk from his father. I want to know what's wrong. Are you in trouble? No. Uh, were you at the bank recently? You withdrew the college money, didn't you? Yeah. Well, it's going back, pal. Every last cent of it's going back. You don't get this close to something and piss it away. It's not going back because I don't have it. I spent it. Would you buy a, a car? Whatever you bought, you can take back, and you're going to take it back. Dad, I can't. I don't want to. I don't care what you want. The money's going back in the bank, and that's final. Look, you're not listening to me. I don't have the money. I can't get it back. Look, you had no right touching that money. I had every right. I earned it. Where's the fucking money, Keith? Dad, calm down. Listen to me. The money is not important here. It's... You don't know what's important. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. I do know what the hell I'm talking about. You just never listen to me. You only hear what you want. Will you listen to me for once? I'm listening. I'm not going to go to college. The money is gone. You can't get it back. It's over. This whole dream is not what I wanted. It's what you wanted. I never wanted it. I just didn't have the guts to tell you. Oh, you're only 18 years old, for Christ's sake. Then I'm 19 and I'm 20. When does my life belong to me? Dad, listen. I'm going out with a girl tonight, and she's beautiful, and everybody's in love with her, and she's going out with me. Get it? See, in the eyes of most people around here, I'm a nothing. And so I don't start agreeing with them, I'm going to go through with this date. I just, I want to show this girl that I'm as good as anybody else. So what, are you going to impress her with money? You think that's the solution, Keith? Dad... Didn't you ever have guys at your school that didn't fit in? Yeah, of course. Yeah? Well, I'm one of those guys. Thought things were going okay for you. Yeah, well, I like art. I work in a gas station. My best friend is a tomboy. These things don't fly too well in the American high school. I didn't know about this. Well, how could you know about it? You're my father. Jesus, Keith. How could you blow all that money... Believe me, there's a good reason behind all this. You just got to trust me. Trust you? There's a limit, Keith. How can you put a limit on trust? D 
Do you know any father who would let his kid do something like this? No. So why should I have to go along with it? Because you believe in me. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna replace the money. Think about it, you know I will. I'm not stupid. I didn't work all this time just to throw everything away without thinking about it. I know what I'm doing. You sure? Yeah. Okay. But I'm still gonna ride your ass about college, Keith. I'm not giving up on that. All right. I've said my piece. Did he go ape shit? No. Really? Laura, I'm really in kind of a hurry Keith, now. Keith, I just came up to wish you luck tonight. Okay, I have all my friends crossing their fingers for you. Thank you. <laughs> he really didn't go ape shit? He's probably saving it for me. You want me to lock up for you? Please. That last scene was terrific between John Ashton and Eric Stoltz, and you can see both of their points. And when Cliff says, do you know any other father that would go along with this? I must say my dad might have because he's always been that sort of person that has trust and faith in me. And also, while Keith's dad just wants the best for Keith, ultimately, Keith has to do what he wants. If he just goes along with what his parents want, he'll never be happy and he'll never grow as a person, even if this particular decision really only works in the movies. All right, so what happens? Does Amanda Jones really like Keith? How does Watts handle being part of the big date when we know all along that she loves Keith more than anything? And does Keith actually go to Hardy's party? That rhymes. If you haven't seen Some Kind of Wonderful, do yourself a favor and see it. For me, it's a timeless teen film with a terrific cast with one of the best endings as well. Partly because it's a dual part ending and it leaves you guessing until the very end. And Watts was and is one of my favorite characters in film history. She's the character you care about and you root for. She's also the type of friend and or girlfriend that everyone should strive to have. It's also the brilliance of John Hughes's writing. Viewers get invested in his characters because they can relate and identify with them. All right, some fun facts. So I won't give away the ending of Some Kind of Wonderful, but I'll give somewhat of a hint here. John Hughes was not happy about how the studio changed his ending to Pretty in Pink. And the reason the ending that made the final film was made was due to poor test screenings of Hughes' original ending. This is Pretty in Pink. Of course, the director of that film was also Howard Deutsch, as I mentioned earlier. So Hughes finally got the ending he wanted on Some Kind of Wonderful. Hughes wanted to cast his main go-to actress Molly Ringwald for the role of Watts. However, Ringwald wanted to delve into more adult roles and turned it down. Unfortunately, this led to a falling out with Hughes, and they sadly never worked again together. Ironically, Howard Deutsch wanted Michael J. Fox for the Keith role. In this case, as much as I love Michael J. Fox, Eric Stoltz was meant to play Keith. All right, we have a special guest. It's always the great Sarah. You never know what she's going to say. And she loved this movie as a kid. She still loves it today. So we get her thoughts. And she's always entertaining, as you know from past episodes. And I'll be back next week with yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Okay, we're back with Sarah. We talked about Pretty in Pink. We did. So it's only natural that eventually we talk about some kind of wonderful. That movie is awesome. That is one of my favorites. I feel like it's one that not everybody has seen mm -hmm. in a way. It's kind of like the 
the second tier for some people, but you know, not the mainstream ones, but I love best soundtrack. I remember I used to mm-hmm. have the cassette tape of that in my very first car. So what's fun is it's a lot of cover songs from modern bands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember there is the, the ending scene is, um, can't help falling in love. Yeah. yeah. By the, was it lick the tins? I think a little I, Irish. Band. You called it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know all of that. And one of my favorite characters was, um, Duncan. I yeah. Love that dude. I love the like when there's like the bully with the really has a heart of gold, and at the end when yeah. he just kind of you know he's all sweet and he, oh my god that was so great when he just ripped into that jerk. Well, at first, and this happens. Well, at first he's scary. Yeah, right? and it, this happens in school. You kind yeah. of respect each other, and the fun. One of the greatest scenes is when they're doing each other's artwork. One's right? being carved on a desk, right? and Keith's doing it traditionally, but they bond and he freaking rips up the table. Yeah. And he should, yeah. <laughs> I love that. No, that one was one of my favorites. Well, we're going to have spoilers, so just a heads up there's spoilers. But you it, don't know at the end what's right. really going to happen. And exactly. Of course, Duncan saves the day. Right. Oh, and, my God. And his that, buddies. Yeah, because it was like, uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. Who is listening to this podcast that has not seen that movie? <laughs> I do have a younger audience that probably has not seen oh, everything. Oh, sorry, guys. Yeah. But that's okay. Well, what they're you? probably going to watch some of these movies and go, wait a minute, but they already made this movie. Yeah. <laughs> With freaking Juliana Huff or yeah. whatever. They haven't made remade any John Hughes movies, have they? I don't think they have. No. I bet you because he doesn't let them. Because he knows better. And also, like, you're not going to top, like, it's up Well, the they yeah. remade Footloose That's and Dirty Dancing. True. Although, you know what I mean? And then there was a Havana Nights, and I won't even get into that. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so All right. So, uh, obviously, you like some kind of wonderful better than Printing Pink? I think I do. Slightly? I do. I liked it better <laughs> because I liked... You know, I guess I'm being on the other end of it. It's like I really liked Watts. She was kind of mm-hmm. she was kind of like the Annie Potts, you know, the quirky a little yeah. bit. But she was edgy and like she didn't she didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like I like it when she says, "Have you ever seen a drumstick up a girl's nose or something like that?" Oh yes. <laughs> and she was wearing boxer shorts. Yeah. And I used to wear boxer shorts before it was cool. So in in gym class, when you had to change, you were wearing boxer shorts. Yeah. Or I just wasn't change doing because i was not getting i was just sitting on the bench i wasn't doing okay we're gonna go down a path so like some of the fears for like kids growing up is having to after pe i never had to do that because i played sports so yeah you got a whole gym Mm -hmm. thing yeah yeah so i did too i did basketball so i didn't have to do gym yeah Yeah. see why was people i don't even know they probably don't even have to do it anymore no they have to do both if you play sport you also have to do pe apparently we are really chunky society i don't know (laughs) why they do that i'm like why they do that that's all i mean whatever I used to do then you would get out of your last period would be your practice exactly so, and then you never had to worry as a girl you don't have to worry about looking a mess right like if you had PE first period it's like ugh. but anyway so what I sports digress. did you play I played soccer and I played field hockey there you go chicks with sticks <laughs> oh wait I can't say that I'll get canceled stop <laughs> so we'll go back to some kind of wonderful yes how did you feel about the Keith character is Keith someone you would have dug as a, as a yeah I teenager? mean for a ginger that was before they <laughs> they got a bad rap you know he was like artsy and like I would have totally like been into a guy like that mm-hmm. you know just kind of soft-spoken but like didn't realize he was cute yeah. you know um worked hard had a yeah nice, totally good job worked hard. garage the yeah. family his yeah. i loved his parents and his sister and that oh his sister oh my is God. great she's, she's so hilarious the human tater tot yeah like <laughs> <laughs> she is fun but then she ends up caring about him too right because she hears about you know they're talking uh, what's his name jens jens what's his name hardy hardy yeah hardy, hardy jens. jens you called it yeah. dude who came up with that name that is such a dick name it is it's a it's one of those frat boys it's type. as perfect as dirk diggler though yeah. <laughs> it's like oh my god yeah the she was cool. I like, she's been in other stuff, right? But I can't remember what, as an adult. But anyway, I digress. Okay. Oh, um, she plays Laura, the Maddie. 
Maddie Corman. You mean the sister, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you know the other sister is. The, the yes, it's girl. Candace Cameron, isn't yes, it? Oh my God. Yes. She's like, for God's sake, I'm eating. <laughs> yes. I don't think I have all the food groups here. They're not all oh represented. Oh my God. She's so cute in that. That's right. Um, and the and dad. China Phillips is in this too. In she one is? of the parties. Yeah, I guess she's one of the friends. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. even notice her. But yeah, no, best sound. You know, the other thing about those parties, what. Where, like, how did you not get in trouble for thrashing your parents' house? Yeah, yeah. That is, like, I, I mean, I, I get anxiety just thinking about that. I'm all, oh, my God. Well, when you God. think about it, pretty in pink, Steph mm -hmm. actually says, he's like, do you think I'd treat my parents' house like shit if I didn't care? Right. <laughs> like, he just did it. Like, oh he's that Oh, my guy. God. I know, right? the same way. And then, and, he, and he, all these people in his house, and he's in the back room with some girl yeah. just hanging out. Whatever. Yeah. That was a great. Yeah, so... Best soundtrack, best ending, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't think I even thought about like, oh, did I want him to end up with what's her name? I don't, I mean, as I a guy, she, what did you, what, as a guy, what would you have chosen? Well, she almost bailed him out. Like she, he didn't have to make a choice. Like right. he's like, I don't think she this did. is going to work. Maybe it was a, it's not you, it's me. Yeah. You should really go with her. Maybe yeah. she knew she's like, I'm not going it. But knowing me, I'm, wait, wait I would have never paid money for no to, that was to, just a ridiculous yeah. thing like you could have bought her like a jacket or something <laughs> like who takes your like a girl you've never spoken more than two words to practically yeah. and let me go take out my life savings and that's a great point they didn't really know each other it was all basically right. he thought she was really pretty right and you know he yeah. paid money for like to get all that orchestrated i mean props to him that was the greatest date like to sure do, right it was super cute and i love this the scene where they're all getting ready and, you know, the girls start getting ready, like, hours before, yes. of course. And I love, like, when Watts, like, you know, kind of toned it down and she was all cute and mm -hmm. whatever. And one of my favorite parts is when they're getting in the car. She says something. She says her real name. What is her real name? I forget. And the, No, not the not the actress. But yeah. um, the her, I think it was Mary. I think her I name think was right. Mary, but she went by Watts. Well, right? Mary Stewart Madison is the okay, name Okay, maybe. Of the, I, so I, yeah. there's a scene where she's walking around after she puts him in the car and she goes, oh, it's going to be something. You're going to love it. I can feel it. <laughs> like she's just talking about how, you know, yeah. it's going to, but she calls herself by her real name. Maybe it was, but I'll have to rewatch that. So obviously guys are slow, especially when they're younger, even when they get older about. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, you better preface it with, yeah. So, because you could. Everyone could tell that, like, she liked him. But oh, for she was, sure. She never overtly, I mean, sometimes she would overtly do it. but Right. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a moron, actually, thinking back that he didn't get it. Because like, remember, he goes, I didn't know. She goes, because uh, you're stupid. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> Which is like, a great line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then remember the kissing scene where, like, yeah. she's trying to, you know, show him how to kiss. Like, if he didn't figure it out then. Well, that's when he does the light kind of goes on, I think. Bit. He's like, but, hmm. but that, okay, that brings up a good point. If you had a, just a platonic friend would yes. you have practiced kissing with him probably not unless i was trying to bang them yeah and yeah. i liked them no a platonic i've never had a platonic friend that i was like yeah you know i'm kind of like out of, but i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have been that out of practice for sure <laughs> but you know, hopefully i'm well, not gonna i'm not gonna ask out the woman of my dreams and be like yeah. huh he's like i'm good she's yeah. like what yeah and her car was that a mini cooper she had i think it was, i wanted Maybe, yeah. yeah I want to yeah. say it was like an yeah. old beat up Mini Cooper. I think it was. Like before Mini Coopers were popular. Yeah. So remember when it wouldn't start and whatever. Well, yeah. And then because he wants to give Amanda a ride right home. And, and that freaking yeah. piece of crap, whatever. And there's always, every John Hughes movie, there's always the, the friends. And so. Um, right. We had Thompson as friends that were kind of like. Shane. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> with her freaking permy hair yeah. or whatever. And she's like, Ugh. but the, the best part is at the end of that, one of Duncan's friends. She starts blowing kisses exactly. too. Exactly. I'm like, that would have been great. Go bang that out, people. 
Like you think you're that much of a snob. Now you're hanging out with a dude that's like got three teeth. Good I, for you. I want to say I remember Shane and other things, but I don't. I, I know. I I guess she was in Election with Matthew Broderick and uh, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I have no idea. She's in a lot of stuff. I just She's I've never always seen like it. random. But I don't remember her as well as like you would say Christy Swanson in the background or whatever. Right. But, it's funny because that actor Duncan, I didn't see him in anything and for years. And then all of a sudden I was watching like Gattaca in the mm-hmm. 90s. And, I was and like, he looks oh, good. Dude. He looks good older. Uh, uh, he does look good. Yeah. Was he in like, I swear he was in like some police drama, Law and Order or Special vi- or or something. He might have been. Yeah. Yeah. I liked him a lot. But where was he all those years? Was he was, he, he's in a lot of films. Was like, he, he working just, all those times? Oh, like, yeah. Not movies that I just, would see? Um. Like Tucker Man and His Dream, which was a uh, Jeff Bridges movie. He was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was in Look Who's Talking too. That's so, like um, Michael Pere from uh, Streets of Fire. That's Where right. Where was he? Where was he? He didn't. He, and then he popped up in like Law and Order, and I was like, Ah! You called it. So he's in a lot of those um, Chicago ones: Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. Oh, that's Chicago why I Med. never watched any of those. But yeah, I'd probably. Seen, but he was awesome. I loved that. That was my favorite. Probably one of my favorite scenes. I always love it when the underdog gets their day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or like when somebody who's a dick mm-hmm. gets, sorry, can I say that? You can say whatever okay. you want. You uh, even, <laughs> usually, I can't remember. Normally I'm the worst. Uh, or when somebody that's a complete dick like yeah. gets it served up to them. I just love that. I love I love when, when you talk technical too. So that's good. I know. I'm very precise and very, you know, it's my favorite language. I know. Uh, okay. So again, all this, this checks all the boxes for you, but th- is this probably your favorite John Hughes movie? You know, okay, if I'd have to, there's probably a couple of John Hughes movies that I don't realize are John Hughes movies, so I'd have to do an itemized list. Okay. Of, well, there's ones he wrote and ones okay. he directed. He didn't direct this one, but he wrote it. So I'm trying to think. Okay, there's Pretty in Pink. There's 16 Candles. Yep. There's Breakfast what, Club. Breakfast Club. Ferris did, Bueller. What, did he do Weird Science? He did Weird Science. Okay, yep. Ferris Bueller. Um, I should know this because my niece, during quarantine, my sister, we made a list of all the movies that we needed my niece to watch oh, yeah. that we grew up they on. They should watch all the John yeah. Hughes ones. He obviously did not do The Outsiders. He did not. Um, but uh, what about like The Pickup Artist or- He um, didn't. He So Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, he did that he one. He did that one. The Great Outdoors, Uncle Buck. See, I never watched any really John Kent. It wasn't really that into it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, oh. it was all right. I watched it. Well, those aren't pillows. <laughs> home Alone. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what I was going to say. Home and Alone. And he wrote, you'll love this, Mr. Mom, Michael Oh, Keaton, my God. And Vacation, the original Vacation. Okay. Mr. Mom, that was a great... My sister and I still say that. Anybody... Somebody <laughs> brings up the word chili. You've had a baby chili? <laughs> well, like, we're not parents, but... Uh, South to drop off, moron. Oh, but I had to do that when I had stepkids. It was like, where do I drop... And it was more of them going, no, this is the wrong spot. It's like, okay, well, then walk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought you do what I had to do. Yeah. Fucking walk. Just walk. Yeah. yeah. You don't oh, my God. That was a great one. But yeah. Um, or when he's in the grocery store and he's trying to order the... like. The, oh, let like, me just get a pound of... Cheese. Coda, well, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, buddy, or where does mommy keep the vacuum? You yeah. mean Jaws? Yeah, yeah, that was a great movie. Or he's uh, he's trying to. We're turning this into a Mr. Mom episode, I know, but sorry. when he's no, I love Mr. Mom. When Dude, you need to do a Mr. Mom with my sister. I've done a Mr. Mom. Episode, Dang it! So but, she would, yeah. she's like, she would rock that. It's she so can funny. come back and listen. I should, and then, we should yeah. make her daughter come, who's seen all of the movies that we've that would seen, be fun. and see what her opinion of them is. I, I can go through movies. We'll make it a special. That would episode. be funny. I remember yeah. telling we were going through the list, and I told my sister, I'm all this one. This, I'm all. You might not want to show her less. And zero we could probably wait on that one <laughs> we can wait on she's like yeah we'll pull back on that how old is she she's now 14 but yeah this was, wait, yeah. you know she was 13 or whatever but like i said she was watching the outsiders and my sister was like oh you want to see what they look like now she's like no no do not ruin it mom 
<laughs> they were all pretty hot. There was a lot of dudes in that. But anyway, I digress because that's what ADD is. Yeah, I mean, and it's well, Patrick Swayze. And yeah, Patrick Swayze. Tom Cruise was so, his teeth were jacked. They up. were. Emilio Estevez was in it. Oh, was he Was he still a um, Sheen at that point? Did he change his name yet? I think he was. Because uh, I know Nicolas yeah. Cage was still Nick um, Coppola. In, yeah, like the Nicholas, first couple. That's movies. right, Valley Girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh exactly. my God, he's great in that one. But yeah, um, no, I always think, what happened afterwards? Like, the, how was the dad? Like, oh, you withdrew, let's say five thousand dollars, which was his life savings. By the way, the dad's a great character. John oh, he's Ashton, awesome. So Beverly Hills Cop. He played oh Taggart. And, yep, yeah. he was awesome. He was like crushed. I still like that whole flush the toilet scene. Although now oh, plumbing yeah. is better. So like when my friends are in the shower, I just take a giant big gulp and just dump, <laughs> of water, cold water and dump it over the shower curtain. I'm Keep just, this in mind if you invite Sarah. It over, is yeah. a party trick. It's yeah. not a failing. It, it, it's a crowd pleaser. Well, as I'm older, I I appreciate where his dad's coming from now. Right, you know? totally. Yeah. I, I mean, I, but I just can't believe that the with a dad who's that like logical yeah. that uh, – Eric Stoltz thought Still that, did, yeah. was that gonna was going to be it. a good idea. Yeah. Like, paint her a picture. Great. Be stalkerish. That's yeah. great. Uh, but really, you want to give her diamond earrings? You called it. Like, why spend... He had to spend five thousand dollars, maybe. Right. It's like uh, you haven't even kissed her. Yeah. Like that's the a painting over the alone would have been worth more than anything. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I would have been a probably. You think about it now. It's like that would be a little creepy. Yeah. Someone trying to give you that would be considered narcissistic love bombing, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Look like, at you dropping the, the new lingo. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? But yeah, that was. Uh, but yeah, the end part was the best. The and the music was perfect for that movie. Again, another movie where they're in a bar on a school night and they're 16. That's true. What are they doing in a bar? John Hughes. Then. He was like, apparently, maybe we grew up in California, maybe in the East Coast. Were they East Coast? Where were they Midwest. supposed to be? Midwest. Oh, yeah. God, Midwest. Like, yeah. what are they doing in a bar? Well, actually, I don't, honestly, he keeps it so vague that right. it's he like grew up in the Midwest. So. Everything is Springfield. Yeah. Like the, the Yeah, there is kind of like a weird, envi- I talked about this with the author of a book uh, we interviewed. The, he basically created this weird little, every John Hughes movie kind of connects if you think about it. Right, right. Like you could see how Molly Ringwald's character could have been friends with Watts. And right, how, or they could have, exactly. exactly. And they, all, they well, There's always that representation. It's kind of like the real world. It's like, okay, we have the alcoholic mm-hmm. who we have the, you know, closet uh, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, all the, and then it's a perfect storm for like yeah. some drama or whatever. Cause even but. Ferris Bueller, like Cameron's that outcast, you know? Oh, that, right, right, right. Know. And then, and the perfect couple is <laughs> Ferris and his girlfriend. Right. So. But then his sister, who's a total, who's a, Oh, I love and Jeannie. Then, Jeannie and then, reminds me of you. <laughs> oh my God, that's freaking awesome. Oh my I God. I know that I'm, so my sister would love that you say yeah. that. She's like, yeah, you're kind of a nagging bitch. But when no, she's but sitting she, on in the police station and she ends up with the, he's like drugs. No, thank you. I'm straight. <laughs> yeah. Why are you here? Drugs. Drugs. <laughs> like, was that his first movie? Well, what? No, but he also stayed up for like 48 hours Shocking. to get that look. Shocking. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, oh, that perfect. is a brilliant scene. Oh, my God. He's, and then she ends up making out with him, and she's like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that was great but yeah um they i know it would be interesting if they if somebody did like a connect all the movies like what how, like maybe there was three high schools and they all kind of blah 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 they did so that that book that i gave to you brad pack america they oh. he does that he like he goes through all those john hughes movies maybe and i should freaking pick that up yeah, again exactly You're oh welcome. nice yeah yeah so if you haven't read are all of the songs on that soundtrack though 
because yeah, you so you called it. So you had um, do anything. Um, yeah. a brilliant mind is another really good one on that soundtrack. That one is yeah, like by furniture. I think that's is that you have random. And yeah. then there's the scene where they're in the car. Um, I go crazy. That's a great song. Yeah, flesh for kicks, Lulu. Yeah, she kick. I have these on my iPad I, pod right now. iPad <laughs> iPod right now. Jesus and Mary Chains on there. Oh, I love it. I you know sometimes there was there was stuff that was in the movie though that they don't. Oh cool, yeah. Well, and yeah. at the end, I don't think it's on the soundtrack, but the part where Duncan comes crashing into yeah. the party, it's Billy Idol. Um, Is it uh, flesh for fantasy? No, no it's, it's um. A- oh my god. Um, you know what? Catch my fall. Yes, and you know they play, that they play the intro riff throughout right. the they, film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is interesting. And, and I it's always a caught great that little riff. I love that. And um, I believe Billy Idol's in a little bit of Weird Science too. Easy, like meaning this the music. Oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. yeah. No, that was a great part where they walk in. He's like, I don't think that's. I love be. how we just devolved into Johnny's movies, but I this know, is great. Right? It's so hard. It's so. Well, it's heard... like they all could be the same movie at so, times. So you know what band that will end with trivia? Who did the original Miss Amanda Jones? Who wrote that? What band? Um, would it have been Jesus and Mary Chain? No. no. Famous from the 60s and 70s. The Animals? No. Good good guess, though. Uh, the Who? No. Good guess. I'm you're wrong. You're in the right ballpark. Oh, um, <clears throat> you're going to tell me and I'm going to go, damn it, I had that. Can you give me a hint? The drummer just recently passed away. Oh, like that's going to help. I don't watch the news. <laughs> Does he have one arm or two? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look at her dropping Def Leppard. Drug addict or not drug addict? Not drug addict. Well, the guitar player definitely is a walking corpse at this point. Oh, the Rolling Stones? Yeah. Oh, my God. But he'll survive us all. Dude, I'm telling you, like, I don't know what he eats or drinks. (laughs) Apparently fish and chips and women. I I should end with one one arm or two. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, but he had to work twice as hard. He He should have gotten a lot more appreciation than he did. Oh, yeah. They should have paid him more. I remember that was fascinating. But, yeah, there you go. Well, see... See, some kind of wonderful. And I, I've so missed fun. talking to you, Sarah. Oh this has been God. great. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> if you are ever in the San Francisco Bay Area and still love collecting or renting DVDs or VHS tapes, come check out Captain Video and San Mateo at 2837 South El Camino Real. Captain Video is open six days a week and closed on Wednesday and one of the last traditional video stores still running in the United States. New movies you can rent for $2.99 a day. Old movies you can rent for $2.99 for five days. And if renting isn't your thing, you can also purchase anything you find in the store. Be sure to tell Ira that you heard about Captain Video from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. Happy renting and happy collecting at Captain Video. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.